Hey everyone, we're back with another edition of Able and Abroad. This time we're discussing a rather spiritual topic, religion. Huh? <laughs> That's a good joke. McKay and I have both had perhaps unique experiences with religion, and we want to share how it has changed us. I, I thought that was a good joke too. <laughs> oh, thank of course. you. So, thank so you. We, I'm here uh, all week. We, oh, great. I'm so happy for that. <laughs> so, of course, we want to uh, discuss religion as it pertains to where we are too, right? So Hong Kong and China as a whole, because that's where I'm at, has a, has a really storied history of religious traditions that reach back to like ancient, ancient times. And and Germany too, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Nate, likewise has contributed to spirituality and philosophy and changed the yes, way Western religion has, mm-hmm. has viewed the world. Yep, Martin Luther, uh, the Reformation. Yeah, my boy Martin. My boy Martin. Also, uh, I love how you had to mention you were in Hong Kong. Like, we all really need to know where you are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. Gotta love it. So we were both raised in religious households with religious mindsets. And I was uh, myself raised as a devout and confirmed Catholic. McKay, what were you raised as? I was raised as Mormon. Mormon, yeah. So if you know anything about Mormons, I was raised Mormon. Uh, Or more officially, because I feel like I should be somewhat respectful about this, uh, a member of the... This is the official name. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, or uh, sometimes it goes by the acronym L- LDS. LDS, uh, which yeah, is, I've heard of that. Yeah, I know, right? I, everybody's heard about Mormons. I mean, if you haven't seen some Mormon missionaries walking in the street, where are you? Like, wh- wh- where have you been for the past, like, 50 years? Seriously. Really, I would be asking them where are they because they're the ones traveling about. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that I should go for that joke. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so uh, being raised Mormon was, I think it was really strange, like the more that I talk about it to other Christians, because Mormonism is a, is a Christian uh, denomination, uh, especially, especially like the experience growing up. And the more I've talked to you, Nate, the more I've learned. And that's really interesting as well, because I think you know this, but I attended a Catholic middle school and high yes. school, and it really yes, I do remember them. Mm-hmm. Right, I right. I'm so glad that you remember this important yeah. conversation. Yeah, it I changed. think actually. Yep. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I want. I was going to say um, that. Not mean to chime in on your soapbox, but I remember that was actually one of the first things you ever said to me was, "Hey, I went to a Catholic school in Texas," and I kind of looked at you and I said, "Are you Catholic?" And you said, "No, I'm actually," as you said, Mormon. Uh, and it kind of threw me off a little bit. I was like, really? What, you know, how did that happen? You know, I'm just trying to think, cause you, and I want to ask you about that, but, uh, you know, I'll let you go ahead and finish what you were saying. And then we, Oh my on. God, my God, Nate, I, I, Mormonism is so strange and I, I could talk about it for hours. So I want to hear what it's like to, to be Catholic. Honestly, please just give me all of your questions. I, I want to hear all of it. <laughs> I feel like you were talking more to the audience than to me just now. So we'll have that discussion later. Just kidding. Okay. So, and also guys, I'm going to work on not saying just kidding a lot. So yeah, just even though I just said it. <laughs> exactly. McKay's got to pick up the, the JKs a little bit. That's so okay. being Catholic has uh, <laughs> meant a lot to me, uh, knowing that I'm part of an ancient faith that is still alive and well throughout the world. Uh, it's important to note that I'm in no way advocating, revocating, or, or admonishing the Catholic faith whatsoever. This is just giving the spiel from my experience. There's a lot that goes into being Catholics. Expectations are you do go to church on Sunday. Uh, you attend confession before uh, major, major events, especially in uh, Easter and the spring. 
uh, in so many other things. I looked forward every year to those holiday gatherings for Easter, for Christmas, and the energy you'd feel during any Catholic Mass was so warm and it gives you that nostalgia you'd have as a child. So I had family that did go to Catholic schools well. Uh, the area we grew up in, Charlotte, uh, where you and I were in McKay, actually had a very large Catholic population, and I actually went to the largest Catholic parish in the United States of America. Really? Not largest church, but largest parish, yep. The, what is the parish called? Uh, St. Matthew uh, Catholic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. It is the how, largest okay. Catholic parish. I know parish. this is sort of out of the blue, but how, sure. like how many members? Like, Because I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like... There's New York. There's Atlanta. I mean, there's major world cities that've got huge. Yeah. Yeah. At least in the United States, have got huge Catholic populations. So that's that's crazy. I amazing. have no idea. Well, so they, it, what, the way it's described, right, is a parish is a is a culmination of the church's like uh, core cell of uh, priests and perhaps um, monsignors, bishops are they assign these parishes. So the so the Catholic parish in Charlotte has several church, uh, I think two churches, if I'm not mistaken. So they, it is a split among the population between those two churches, and they are the largest number. Because if you think about growing up, I don't know if you remember talking to anybody at, at our school, there were a lot of Catholics that went to our high school. I was one of them. And I remember <laughs> going to the graduation um, like celebration we had at, as a mass, and I saw like half of the half of our graduating class it felt like i was like dang that's all these crazy. people are catholic that's crazy i so, do remember you know, some catholic i do remember i do remember talking to you because like this definitely was one of the first things we did ever talk about i think religion yes. was really one of those yep those conversations that sort of because even though we were different it i think it cemented our friendship and took it to yes. like a new level right because we we were so I, I don't know if i would describe myself as devout but you know, my whole life was dominated by Mormonism, and I think mm-hmm. Catholicism was so a part of you as well that oh, absolutely, this was really something absolutely. that like, took us took us off in our friendship. That's really yep. crazy to think that there were so many. Yes, exactly. So I'm I'm a confirmed Catholic. Uh, at the sophomore age of 15, I confirmed in the Catholic Church. My saint name is uh, Michael. So it's pretty uh, interesting because Michael is the archangel. Uh, in the Catholic faith, faith, and there's a prayer that goes along with that. But it's pretty amazing just knowing, as you were just saying, how much it has impacted you from childhood to now, going through the the experiences and, and having those memories with your family and your friends. Church was always, to me, that way of being able to come together to reflect and celebrate the life we have. And so that's kind of how I viewed it growing up. But yeah, uh, I wanted to ask you, McKay, so, you know, you kind of spilled a little bit into it, but what was your, what did your life look like as a Mormon and what was expected of you? I I think the audience would love to hear it. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your experience. (laughs) Yeah, no, no problem. Um, Like I said, Mormonism is so unique, but despite that, I think in some ways our experiences are, are really similar. And I think we found that out. And I, in our very first conversations that we ever had when we when we met, uh, especially in terms of the expectations, right? You went to mass every week, and then correct me if I'm wrong here, right? You went to mass every week growing up, at least in high school when we when we really knew each other. Uh, and then did you did you go to any kind of like weekly event thing? Yes. I'm so up until confirmation, uh, there there was a 
a requirement up until sophomore year, so 15 years old, that to become a confirmed Catholic, you worked from a child, as a child, going through your first communion, to, which is about second grade. You go about once a week to a Bible study, and you learn more uh, about about the faith, and go through some of the, some of the history of it and why it's important as a Catholic to to go and do the things you're doing. And uh, it really really was something that I enjoyed looking forward to because uh, it was just a way to be able to see some people from high school, middle school, wherever outside of outside of like our public school, but it was also right. a way just to kind of discuss the ins and outs that wasn't family, that wasn't just friends. It was other people that were there for the same reason. And we all got to discuss those, like, you know, what exactly does does, does it say here for the word and everything? Because we use the uh, New American Bible, I believe, is what Catholics use. Uh, I hate, would hate to know that I'm wrong on that. But we, we all, you know, <laughs> break out our Bibles and kind of go through and study some of the things that were in there. Uh, and right. you got to learn a lot more about the faith that you were part of doing that. So it was like a Bible study every week. Yeah. You make it sound so, you make it sound so positive. Like when, when I look back at my experience with, with Mormonism, because, because now I've definitely left the faith. I left the faith when I was, I I really lost my, and I, I struggled to use the word devout, but I really locked that, lost that devout attitude in my early teen years, like, you know, like 13, 14, 15, mm. somewhere in there. But I think our expectations are, were sort of similar, right? You went to mass every week. I went to the Sunday service mass and granted, you know, I've, I've been to Catholic middle school and high school. I, I did mass every week there. Uh, it's like an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Yeah, it was about the same for me. Whereas, as well. like, I I turned around and every Sunday it's like two hours plus for Mormon Sunday services. Wow. Two hours plus, and it's divided in like in half. Um, half of it is that mass service, which I I don't think mass is really even like I don't even think you can compare it to mass. It's it's just that different. And then the other other hour is a Sunday school. Uh, and the Sunday school, of course, is with kids uh, your age. It's all based on age, and and you every every this it never really stops. Really, like throughout your entire life within the Mormon Church, you always have that Sunday school. And as you become an adult, you know you sort of graduate onto bigger, better things, so to speak. But the church was like so much part of my daily and weekly life. Like you know, I've got my Sunday services. I've got. Uh, throughout the week on the weekdays you've got this uh i'm not really sure what to call it like a social sort of hour thing with other kids your age yeah, it was boys. like a, a coffee hour yeah something like that yeah which is so funny because mormons similar. don't drink coffee so it's just oh, like really? let's get around oh, wow and drink, i never knew that let's drink punch and and water and you couldn't drink coffee you can't have caffeine you can't have caffeine That's or alcohol incredible. or cigarettes and, and i did not know that, that. You I, can't. That's, yeah, you cannot well, have any of those things. So you're you would sitting think around that I, drinking water. <laughs> you would think that through almost a decade of friendship that you would have told me something like this, and I would have I'm listened. I'm so sorry. And, you know, uh, you I know, know I'm you sorry think for after a decade tuning of you out. Apparently, you would notice <laughs> that I never actually, drink coffee. Right. Well, I I'm not gonna lie. I, now that I'm thinking about it, I have no memories of you drinking coffee. I have right? no memories of you 
just drinking any sort of caffeine in general. But right? I feel bad that I did not ever like look to you, turn to you and go, hey, you know, why do you do the things you do? Or if you come across and said, hey, I don't drink coffee and I just tuned you out that day. So I apologize <laughs> when, whenever that went, whenever no. that went down. I think it's one of those things that you can hide really well if you know what you're doing. And I, I felt weird and, and strange like that I, I had to adhere to these things that I didn't understand. So, so I just McKay, kept it on the down any further Before you right. go any further because right. the timing is right for this. So are you saying because you didn't drink caffeine you were pretty woke? Yeah. Oh my! You're kidding. <laughs> You're pretty woke, kid. Uh, yeah, I'm the. I most had to go woke. for it, guys. I'm sorry. Keep going, McKay. <laughs> I apologize. That was a good one. That's your jokes are getting progressively better. So please. I just put. Going. I take a dollar because I have no audience here, obviously, and put it in my own jar because I like make myself laugh. So keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good. That's I. I'm. I'm curious as to what you're going to spend the money on, but I think we can talk about that when you yeah, have be episode a little six. bit more money. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> so so the Sunday services I had uh, every Sunday, and then you've got the weekly social hour. And then I was a Boy Scout, and the Boy Scouts and the Mormons are, they used to be at least, very, very close. And you've got uh, the troop is, is ran by members of the congregation, men of the congregation, uh, so it's really crazy to think that on top of the Sunday service, on top of the social hour, I've got Boy Scouts as well. And that never stops, right? Like that, that didn't stop until I got my Eagle when I was like, I don't know, like 15, 16. Did you get your Eagle Scout? Like I was going to ask you that. Cause I remember you are an Eagle Scout. Did you get it before you came to North Carolina or did you? Cause I, I, I thought did. you got I it did. at 14. I was extremely young to get it. And I thought you were 14 I, or were you 15? I might have been 14, almost 15, almost that's 15. That's unheard of. I'm, I'm, yeah. That's unheard I, of. I was really, because, you know, it's such a resume builder. You know, it's such, yeah, it, is. it is such a, an important, and really it taught me so many life skills. I could go on about Boy Scouts for forever and how much I really did enjoy it, despite its many flaws. Uh, and the fact that I, I was extremely lucky and privileged enough not to have or have to deal with anything inappropriate with it. But it, it really did wonders for my life. But it was all ran through the church. Everything about it was run through the church. And faith was such, the Mormon faith was, was so ingrained into it. I could never, I could never, ever escape it. And, wow. and that sort of like, the fact that the religion was so ingrained into, into Boy Scouts was just, it was permeated into every other aspect of my life. I go home, my friends, uh, family, anything you can imagine they really try to hammer this belief in that you've got to you've got to stick around other mormons you've got to stick around what they what they would call like righteous righteous people and i'm not saying mormons are not righteous or anything like that at all i'm not i'm not trying to cast any shade on that i'm yeah, just saying neither that, of us are was we right, said right. Multiple and, times and there, there are wonderful it, peoples yeah. in, in, in all religions of course i'm not i'm not trying to diss it in any way but it, it really was a, a, a real responsibility that you had that you like stay around righteous people who were members, really, really, really members. <laughs> wow. Uh, and, and that got reflected into the church's beliefs. Like you, you, you're in this echo chamber and you've got the church doctrine, which is like law. I'm not even joking. It's like law. And in that law, 
there's this belief that the church is infallible you know it could do no wrong and it's led by a single person or a group of three people who have direct conversation revelation with god and as i went to catholic middle school and high school it really that really shaped the way i viewed the world and i viewed my own religion and other religions as i learned more and more about it not only from the mormon perspective but from the catholic perspective and the and the, even the buddhist perspective i had a, i had some buddhist friends as well when i was in catholic school uh, so i had a lot of uh, different views and they they really conflicted and in the end it sort of helped me to to see the light i don't know it's crazy to think about the more i think about it the more it's like wow these were pretty profound things to be thinking about at age 12. <laughs> are you, are you really trying to say that 12. you're smarter than everybody is that what no no <laughs> I, just kidding just kidding no i'm just saying yeah. that you said profound thoughts at age 12 i'm like man things. he's already he's like putting his brain in the the context of a 21 year old 22 year old at 12 that that's you know people can do that but you know i don't recommend of course, it <laughs> of course i jest i jest uh, yeah. speaking of age speaking of age and speaking of religion especially christian religion and all its traditions and rituals when you're mormon you get baptized at age eight and you're given this choice of being baptized hmm. or not which personally i've got to say i can't see an eight-year-old making a life-changing decision like baptism when like at the time i couldn't decide if i wanted a ham and cheese sandwich or a pb and j or i wanted my mom crust to pick off, me up crust school on. my dad <laughs> yeah, wheat or white bread what about you nate like, like I, I i think i'm somewhat familiar catholics are baptized at birth so are you really ever given an option to sort of choose faith when you're young or well traditionally no uh yeah, but i think that kind of goes for everybody right if you're born into a family that you know feels and thinks a certain way that you do feel and think the same way uh for however long that may be hmm. but tradition has stood for centuries so it is tradition uh, okay. it never really phased me uh, i never gave it much thought find it interesting that we all initially follow the same views as our parents because they are our first teachers. It makes me wonder how different my life would be without being raised in a Catholic faith because there could have been a possibility where I wasn't baptized. And as you grow older, you get a bigger scope of morals and values. You know, you have people who, who weren't raised the same as you. And it can be difficult at times to adapt to those types of personalities. Totally. The Catholic Church has changed over its entire existence, as we all know. Despite all of that, you know, the church remains the hegemon of the Christian world, and they've done tremendous, wonderful things, uh, even recently with COVID-19 donations and, and all the different sorts of charities that they're involved in. And I'm proud totally. to say and be a Catholic. Uh, it's, to me, you know, the choice of getting baptized at, at a young, young age, I think that never really bothered me because it's just, you know, just it, it's a simple, simple act, in my opinion. From a, from a military perspective, we I was part of a field baptism, and I watched a field baptism. So wow. that was kind of cool wow. to watch. Field they baptism. used uh, the canteen to to um, to perform the the baptism. The canteen. Okay, wait, wait. Places, before but, you go on, what is sure. what is the canteen? Like a a literal canteen. Of they water used a literal canteen like... with holy water and wow. did a field baptism, which is really cool. It was, it was actually really cool, and, and it was That's a lot. Amazing. It was a lot of fellowship, and it was pretty amazing to watch. You said you spoke about already about um, leaving your faith 
and yeah, yeah. words gotten you and you had that you had the choice you have the free will to make that kind of choice and so I, did, yeah. I think I think there I personally you know have no thoughts and it doesn't even phase me when I'm asked that question because I've been asked that question before and I, I kind of give them that generic answer so I hate to give you a generic answer but it doesn't phase me uh, I think it's I good I mean that's I mean that's uh it's a cool confirmation of how 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 much faith you have that's I think it's really admirable honestly because I I struggle to have faith in so many different things right like you, you turn on the news oh there's no faith in humanity you you, you turn right. to religion there's I mean I, I don't know about you but no faith well, yeah, for, for religion for I, me. I get what you're saying I get what you're saying so you're you're kind of enveloping the idea of a faith in, in a God at, and tying it into faith with things in life, right? So, if you don't, are you saying if you don't have as much faith on on God and religion, it kind of affects all aspects of faith because it's kind of like that. You know, I, I can't find, I can't seem to find where to go for my faith, where to put my faith, and oh, what to put my faith yeah. in. Is that kind well, of what you're saying? In, in a way, yeah, I, I suppose so. I, I I grew up with so many really devout, honest great people who had so much who would came from really rough backgrounds who had these really incredible varied life stories where they dealt with the most incredible and most difficult uh, things that I've, I've ever I've ever heard of and then to see them have such faith in in a religion and then to see how that faith translated into everything they did made me and I think I still sort of believe this in a way that when you have faith like that it reaches into all other parts of your life you know yeah uh, it's hmm. yeah I, so I it's kind know. of you kind of looked at religious faith as your foundation yeah it's a foundation for everything else yeah. yeah okay yeah, yeah. that's probably well, okay. I mean, that's probably true for me and I, and I can actually agree with most of that uh, it's really interesting it is really interesting how faith kind of seeps into your the root of your moral compass because it is i mean more our morals do come from uh the, the the faith we probably took for granted we don't really uh really go into the weeds of where do morals like modern day morals kind of come from you know but a lot of it does go back to religious backgrounds so it's a religious history i should say it's it's quite interesting, but anyway, I want to, I want you to keep going. I apologize for no, no, in. no, no. I, I I think it's it's really important to talk about. I think it's really important to talk about, and I think it's like you said, like I keep saying, like we keep using the word interesting. It is interesting, so interesting, interesting, interesting. It's so hey, interesting. Hey, we should just throw in like you should throw in the Cantonese word for interesting, and I'll use like the German, be like interessant, you know, just I, something like that. I don't. To change it up. I don't know the Cantonese <laughs> I was going to say, wait. I'm, I was like, wait, why is he pausing? <laughs> why is he pausing? It's kind of sad because you're probably well, well far ahead than I am in, in Cantonese than I am in German. But that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> right, totally. Okay, so going back to tradition. I, tradition is so important, right? Especially for Christianity. And Mormons, you know, growing up myself Mormon, tradition it really is such an important part of our physical lives and and your spiritual lives which i think mormons value more than just physical lives and it's not just tradition it's this 
conscious choice, which I think is reflected in the fact that at age eight, you you can decide whether or not you're going to be baptized. You can't be baptized before you're age eight, but it's this conscious choice to accept the church and accept uh, Christ into your life. And I think it's sort of reflected in the fact that Mormon parents, you know, you have they've had the same decision that you've had, but it's not so much a tradition, right? It's more it's more of this pressure that you should follow your parents' example. But interesting enough, I can't remember a single time where the word tradition was ever used in conjunction with a special Mormon event. And of course, I never reached the highest point of Mormon tradition, which is found in uh, what they call temples or those super freaking giant white marble buildings that you see dotted all over the world. And inside, they've got very secret, uh, sacred uh, rituals, most of which revolve around families being um, sealed together for eternity right some some kind of ritual some symbolic gesture that that demonstrates that this family will be together in the afterlife and the afterlife of course for all religions i think is extremely important um, and another ritual just to give you another example is like symbolic baptisms for those who have died without having the opportunity to become christian you don't even have to be it's not even having a, a baptism to become mormon it's just having this this baptism on earth that gives you the opportunity when you are in purgatory whatever you want to call it, you're waiting to go to heaven or hell or whatever it is that you have this opportunity to become a christian and, and get this baptism which they think is vital to 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 getting to heaven um but it makes me think of lots of other traditions and rituals that aren't so secret that I see here in Hong Kong. And I'm really curious, before I go on to about these religions and traditions in Hong Kong, do you see a lot of rituals in Germany, Nate? I mean, it's mostly a Christian nation, right? Yes, so Germany, for those who don't know, is a Christian country. Uh, it is, the, the, the Christian religion is built into the constitution of the German government. And there are almost every Christian holiday is recognized as a as a federal holiday to take off work, starting with uh, I got my list here. You got uh, Epiphany, so and I'm not going to use the German words unless I can trust myself to. Fasching's one it takes place in February. There's Good Friday or Karfreitag, Easter Monday, Ostermontag, Labor Day, which is uh, recognized as one of the well, I guess they're not a really religious holiday, so I apologize. But it's in May. Their Labor Day is in May, which is kind of interesting. But you got Ascension Day, uh, Whit Monday, for uh, it's it goes along with Easter at the beginning of June. Corpus oh. Christi, you have Peace Festival, Assumption Day, you have the Reformation Day, All Saints Day, Day of Prayer and Repentance, Christmas Day, and then Stephen's Day or Stevenstag, which takes place the day after Christmas. It is also called St. Stephen's Day for uh, who was the first Christian martyr, and he was convicted oh, of blasphemy yeah. against Moses and God. And huh. the, German, uh, the Germans celebrate that the day after Christmas. So there, there are quite Celebrate a lot. that he's a good martyr or celebrate that he yeah, got they, killed? They, ce they celebrate. I, that's a good question. I, I don't have the answers. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it's safe to assume that they celebrate that he was a good guy and that he got wrongfully killed. Probably. Uh, I, I can't imagine them celebrating him for any other reason, you know. But, yeah, the, the German government is, is – uh, it, it is a religious country, and the German government 
um, one of the but biggest secular, parties right? in with it's. I wouldn't say secular. It, that's a that's a tough word to use because you you can't really compare and contrast. I mean, you can, but I won't get into that. But I'll tell you the the Christian Democratic Union is a is the biggest political party, or one of the biggest political parties in Germany. And that's the one that Angela Merkel, the Chancellor of Germany, is part of the Christian oh. Democratic Union. So it's kind of interesting, right? Because in the states we don't have we have two major parties and a couple other third parties, lots of third parties actually. But Republicans and Democrats, you know, they don't have we don't have a party that says that uses the word Christian because, as you know, in our right. country we have the First Amendment, which they does get endorsements. Through, that's that's the yes, big thing. Yeah, through through Thomas Jefferson's interpretation, uh, his words, not mine, the separation of church and state. So it's a little different, obviously, back in our country. But in Germany, it is a Christian country, and they have the traditions. They celebrate the holidays, and people do go to church. But there is quite a large number of secular people, okay. so they don't they don't go to church. You know, they, they I think the statistics it's like in the twenties a percentage that of people who are atheist in Germany. Uh, no knock on them; it's just a statistical number. Okay. So, but okay. anyway, yeah, it's it's. I gotta ask, what kind of traditions do you see there in Hong Kong, McKay? And what is religion even like there? I haven't even asked you that. Is is it Buddhist? <laughs> is it you know what is it over there? So Hong Kong, as you know, it's an international city, and with that, there's a ton of different religions here. You've got Taoism, you've got Buddhism, you've got Christianity in uh, so many different forms, including Mormonism. Uh, it's all practiced here. Islam, Hinduism, even uh, if you're even remotely aware of it, Falun Gong or Falun Dafa. Uh, I've actually never heard of that. Really? Yeah. It is a chi mainland, I've got to be clear about that, it's a mainland Chinese started religion which holds it's all about meditation it's very much rooted in Taoism and Buddhism to an extent it's got a lot of ancient Chinese traditions a part of it and it, it respects of course all other I think all other Chinese traditions and, and religious events and holidays and all of that it does hold state atheism to be one of its core tenets which is you know, if there was ever going to be a conscientious objector, it's going to be a Falun Gong or Falun Dafa member because they believe that the individual or the, the soul, the spiritual self, is more important than having a loyalty to a nation or like a certain ethnicity or anything like that. So it's a really, a really interesting mix. It's a, it's a, it's a melting pot. <laughs> it's a melting well, pot of different yeah, cultures like and it. religions. You, you have so many people from all over different different parts of the world so many That's southeast asians especially um that it there's just this huge mix uh, everywhere you turn in fact i think diwali diwali I'm, i hope i'm saying that correctly uh the hindu holiday was just celebrated not too long ago here in hong kong it's really really cool to see despite covid going on of course they do it very responsibly which is uh, so nice to see but for many hong kongers christianity is extremely popular and that's thanks to british colonialism of course uh and there's that was but there's, yeah i was i could have assumed that one <laughs> totally right totally uh and there's taoism uh and there's buddhism there's a really unique blend of the two you'll see in hong kong everywhere <laughs> everywhere there are these teen hao temples which are dedicated to teen hao is the name of the of the chinese the hong kong god uh, it's like the most important Hong Kong goddess, the goddess of the sea. 
uh, of course Hong Kong is Hong Kong right right next to the sea like the sea is literally so important to Hong Kong so you know you got to honor the Hong Kong goddess of the sea so you've got these temples everywhere and you've got a lot of holidays associated with Taoism and Buddhism Buddhism especially I, it's so cool to see Christian beliefs mixed with Chinese tradition and it's so common to see as well like I see a fair amount of people who go to mass uh, go to religious services and celebrate Christian holidays like Christmas but then they turn around and they celebrate traditional Chinese events that have been going on for hundreds of years like they've got grave cleanings they've got which which are actually um, festivals so to speak uh, they've got festivals like the Dragon Boat Festival really really cool uh, they've got Teen Hao Festival, which, by the name, I think you can tell it's about the Teen Hao temples and honoring uh, the gods that you find in the Teen Hao temples. You've got Mid Autumn Festival, which is another really really important one, and then you've got Lunar New Year, which is like, just like Chinese Christmas. <laughs> like I don't know how else to say that. It's, it's like the most important, of course. Uh, and with these traditions. There are so many more intricate and complex and really beautiful things that you find that create this sort of synchronicity between Christian beliefs, Western beliefs, and Chinese holidays and Chinese beliefs and Chinese, this, the way that they think. It's really cool to see. I, 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 I wish I could use a word that's different than cool, but it's just like I'm so in awe of it every time I witness it. And a lot of the times you'll see when you walk down the street they'll have this barrel burning uh some smoke coming out of it and they're burning money fake money for ghosts or you know to please their ancestors and they've got these you'll see this actually inside the apartment buildings in the hallways next to the door family will have a very small shrine a very very small shrine right at the foot level so you got to look down and they'll put some offering like some fruit They'll have a shot of a Chinese rice wine or alcohol or you know something like that and they'll burn some incense of course and you'll see people young people old people of all ages all different backgrounds who are doing these traditions and doing this ritual trying to please their ancestors trying to please the God trying to get good favor for their for their business to be successful or for themselves to be successful or for good health or so many different things so it's so well, yeah it, i mean it's really refreshing to see so many people who take their culture and their their background so seriously and treat it yeah. with such respect yeah uh, it is pretty awesome. amazing it's awesome that's pretty amazing. so any i, I i'm sure there's got to be a ton religious festivals in germany that you've experienced nate Go. I want to hear. So the biggest one that I've experienced since I've gotten to Germany that I've enjoyed thoroughly and cannot wait for them to reopen next year because unfortunately they got canceled this year are the Weihnachtsmarkts. So the Christmas markets that are famous, known throughout the world for Germany to have them is awesome. I think a lot of other countries do have them, but Germany is primarily known for their Christmas markets. They are incredible. So you know, you imagine the coolest kinds of festivals where all these people are nicely bundled up in their warm warm clothes and they they have all the um um what's it called the the i guess the fellowship you could you could possibly imagine and closest close together so there's a reason obviously why i got canceled this year because you know what would have happened if 
with COVID and everything, it could have been pretty, you know, it pretty, pretty intensely. Super event, yeah, sort of super deal. spready. Yeah. So, so they, I think they did, they did make a good move um, based on the based on the facts, you know, with, with the virulency of the virus. Virulency is even a word, but the Christmas markets were incredible, and I really enjoyed going out and seeing it and buy you, you know, go and buy souvenirs, cuckoo clocks, little things here and there. But the big thing that I love when you go to the Christmas market is the glue vine. The glue vine is incredible. Glue Have you ever had glue vine? Glue vine no, is hot no. wine. What is that? It's hot, hot wine. wine. Hot wine. It's so good. And it kind of takes you, because you've, you've heard of hot chocolate, you've heard of hot coffee, but if you've ever, never had hot wine, I highly recommend you try it. Hot it's wine. really good. And I have several, uh, ha- again, not, not hand-me-downs, but souvenirs. That's the word I'm looking for. Not hand-me-downs. What am I talking about? But souvenirs from the Christmas markets last year where you can get some your hot wine, you drank it. It only cost about two euro. And after you've drank it and everything, you want to go get more. And it's just a really good time. And then you just sit and talk or stand and around a fire and all these different little pods. Mines, which is right down the road from me, was my favorite one because it had these like wine barrels you can go into wow. and share with people. And then you go and order the glue vine. They bring it to you and you got the little mugs. You got to keep the mug and then you just pour the glue vine into your mug. And then they just kept bringing you back some more glue vine. So it was really, really fun. So is it like microwaved Pinot Noir? No, it's not microwaved. (laughs) But it's jokingly, you can make glue vine uh, by, you know, just taking wine, putting it in a hot pan, not a hot pan, but a bowl or what's the word I'm looking for? Like on a stovetop. A saucepan sort of. Saucepan or, you know, something you cook rice in, right? So you go and you put it on there. It's like a bowl, right? And you can heat the wine up that way, and, and it's hot wine. But it's really good. I just had some the other day for Thanksgiving, which, by the way, McKay, happy Thanksgiving to you. Oh, happy Thanksgiving uh, you know, to speaking you. Speaking of holidays and everything, but I hope you had a good holiday. I hope you had oh, a good thank Thanksgiving you. and hope everyone so here nice. had a good Thanksgiving. But glue vine has been my favorite thing to have. But before we go into that and we talk about Thanksgiving, I want to I know, how do you think religion has changed you? And especially after you've moved abroad. Yeah, that wow, that's a deep question, Nate. Wow. Kind of wow. like I did the total ninety degree turn there, not give you time <laughs> to fasten your seatbelt. Microwave Pinot Noir that we just yeah. How do you think religion has changed? <laughs> yeah, I just totally that, that's that's me in a nutshell. I just give you a good ninety degree turn. So it's good. Yeah, I like buckle it. Up. It's a good ninety degree turn. This is why we're friends. I'm your random spontaneous one. I like it. Spontaneity is great. Uh, I think religion has changed me. I think for the better. I I, I admire. The, the discipline and the respect that religion teaches you when when you're growing up I think it plays such a I've always really been interested in spiritual things and, and religion and, and why do we believe what we believe and how do we manifest these things and how do we respect other people and, and it's really taught me tolerance it's really taught it's taught me so many great life lessons uh, and this I think this is, and I hope it's really reflected in how I live my life and how I view the things that I view here in Hong Kong, you know, you know after I've, I've moved. Because I see such diverse religious practices and traditions, and, and like I said, that synchronicity between Western thought and Western religion and, and Chinese thought and Chinese tradition that 
you know, I'm, I'm seeing things that I've just never seen before in my entire life, and I, and I hope that my background has has given me enough ability to to try to understand and enough enough patience and enough. It's not really like I really need patience, except like I'm breathing in like some smoke from a barrel <laughs> while I'm waiting to cross the street or something like that. But uh, like it's just taught me so many great life lessons that I, I hope I've been able to translate here while I've been talking to people and learning about how they live their lives and and how they celebrate their religion and celebrate their beliefs. I think it's really cool. How, how about you, Nate? How about you? Well, being a Christian, uh, living in a Christian country for the first time in my life, because legally the, Germany is a Christmas Christian country, it is nice to know that I can go to a Catholic church and get that nostalgic feel that I mentioned earlier oh, yeah. when I miss my family. And I also have the military community has a great congregation here for Catholics and non-denominational people and every which way you can imagine. They, they, you name it, they got it. So the accommodation is there. For me, what's amazing is just seeing how a country has used the history of its, the religious, the religious history of it and incorporated it to their own history by celebrating some of these days that we mentioned and some of the holidays I mentioned earlier, having the festivals, you know, making sure people take time off and the families still seek fellowship during the, the, the winter times and everything. It's pretty amazing how the culture has kind of gone one and one with the religion aspect. Totally. So that's pretty amazing to see. On top of that, I think what's really awesome is I can I can kind of feel like I'm back at home get that back at home feeling when i go to church over here even on the economy when they're speaking in german it's kind of a it's kind of like you're home away from home and you get this real feel of you're in another place but you're in your heart you're, you're where you need to be kind of feeling and it's pretty amazing and you respect all sorts of faiths here there's not just christians there's people who have islamic descent there's Jew, uh, jewish descent there's all sorts of religions here, Buddhists, Tao, uh, all Sikh, a few Sikh people here. Wow. Which is just really cool to meet them. And just like where you are in Hong Kong, Germany and all these other countries in Europe are starting to become international centers and being becoming these melting pots that I love to see. I, I think it's really great to see such diversity and you know people openly discussing what they believe and feel. It's pretty awesome. So with that being said, I think, I think we've... We've kind of, you know, hit it pretty well. Yeah. So yeah. I think we should move into our the ending of the episode. But before that, I want to do a week wrap-up. McKay, hit cool. me with some good things that have happened to you this week. Oh, man. Let me tell you. Or since the last episode. Let me tell you some amazing thing. And I'm using amazing in a very sarcastic sense. Hong Kong had uh, is, is currently going through another uptick in cases for COVID, some untraced stuff. So something like 50 to 60 cases every day mostly on the island and with that they have once again shut the school so i'm back to zoom classes Woo -woo. yay and uh i've got to say i don't like zoom classes at all yeah, i was gonna say not, not one bit they're very uh tedious i must say and you know you know how it is you know how zoom classes can be unfortunately I mean, I imagine do. you've got a bunch of kindergartners and you're trying to teach them and they're looking into the computer screen like i'm going to learn english now <laughs> it's, it's not very effective 
So thinking that, of the that's little. Been my, that's been my weekly, my weekly nightmare, unfortunately. What's that Simpsons you, character that goes, I'm in danger. I'm in danger. Instead of that, it's, <laughs> I'm in Zoom class. <laughs> Ralphie or whatever his name is. Yes, Ralphie. Or Ralphie like is my, he's my spirit uh, cartoon character right now. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. How about you, Nate? Well, Dang, so yeah, uh, we had Thanksgiving, so I got to spend it with the family. I spent it with last year that's here in Germany. They're American, and they're awesome. Great, great, wonderful people. Uh, got to invite a friend that uh, just got here and landed uh, back in September, and she got to experience Thanksgiving with the family as well, so it was really nice. And then, uh, let's see, Black Friday was yesterday. Didn't really buy anything, so nothing good there. Well, my iPad is shipping, so that's Whoa, exciting. Ooh, new iPad. But but I think what was really been the, the the highlight of my week is I got promoted to first lieutenant. So I'm no longer congratulations. Thank you. First yeah, lieutenant I'm no longer Laughlin. a butter bar. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Say it loud. Say it proud. Right now, I'm just kidding. Uh, there I am with the just kidding. Dang it. But <laughs> oh, man, I'm just kicking myself right now for saying that. I'm trying not to do that, guys. I'm trying to work on my. Poor speech mannerisms. It's good. You got but promoted. I got promoted. You, you can get one. This is your freebie. Get one. That's my that only one for the year. That was my freebie for the year. The other ones before <laughs> that didn't count, right? But it, it was really cool uh, to see that email come in and I, the orders came up and I made the list. So really exciting stuff. Now, the, the rank was pretty much automatic, but it's still a step up the totem pole. And I'm still really, really, um, really liking what I'm doing and Definitely. wanting to continue that. So that's kind of exciting. But I, I, I got to mention, Cyber Monday is coming up, folks. Today is Ooh. Saturday. Remember, uh, it's not only Black Friday. It's Cyber Monday. It's a big day to go and get stuff bought. So highly recommend you go and buy stuff. I know, McKay, you've been wanting that. What have you been wanting, actually? I have no idea I what want you've been that. wanting. I want that new MacBook, man. I want that. New that MacBook? new MacBook is, yeah, you know, oh, my gosh. They're apparently so fast and sleek and nice and Man, I, I've got this MacBook from like 20, 2018, you said? 2018? Yeah, I think 2018, and it's great. You want to get rid of it already? It works wonderful, but man, I want that new MacBook. I yeah, I'll take it, if the old one, if you don't want if you want I, to get a new one. you know. Wow, really? I'm not going to pay Dang. you for it, but let me ask you a question. And maybe <laughs> Apple listens in because we're on Apple Podcasts, right? Which, by the way, if you guys don't know, we're on Apple Podcasts also, if you have Spotify but have an iPhone. Well... I think what would be really funny, you said MacBook, they came up with a new model. Right. It'd be really cool as if Apple, every year when they released a new MacBook, they called it a sequel because it's called a MacBook. <laughs> see what I did there? That was a really bad joke. Wow. That was a see, really, I mean... really bad joke. That laugh is probably what people are doing right now, right this second, <laughs> and we just lost half our viewers. Man, I, I apologize. I'm going to go... Sign off and go in my corner and <laughs> contemplate life. Sequel, Don't yeah. Beat yourself I mean, up. I thought it was. Funny. I'm just, I'm just looking at it from, just something, something kind of optimistic. I, I something funny, something jivey. You know, it's like they went from iPod to iPhone. Why can't they just call their additional models of MacBook sequels? I think that's kind of funny. Right. But right? if you came out with the prequel, would it be worse than the? That's my question. I guess, they, I guess that couldn't work. They should just give every new MacBook, every new model, a, a movie title name. Like, right, that's exactly buy right. Buy the new that's MacBook, exactly. the MacBook 2, Electric Boogaloo. 
Electric Boogaloo. Well, actually, there's another thing I did want. There's something I wanted from Cyber okay. Monday or Black Friday. I want the iPhone 12 Pro. I've been really looking at getting the iPhone 12 Pro. And the reason behind it is I have nothing wrong with my iPhone now. I have an iPhone 10s, But there's something about that squared-off design, the old squared-off iPhone 4, iPhone 5 design that I remember – you probably remember me having in high school. Yeah. That – I, I miss jealous. so much. I miss it so, so much. Just that nice, sleek, squared off design. I'm sure other people probably feel the same as I do. But that was kind of, it's kind of a nostalgic look. And I think totally. it's really good that Apple went back to that look, I guess, and something different. So that, you know, it's, it's nostalgia. Yeah, nostalgia. So but also, it sounds like we're kind of like, we're product placing. We're product placing right now, which is kind of funny. Oh, well, Apple is but, like, wow, we love Able and Abroad. They yeah, just love our products. How would they just give us you know, half their income and then we can <laughs> spiel about it for hours? Oh, uh, yeah, half just their go. income would be well, Speaking wonderful. of phones, you know, this is kind of like an off-topic thing from okay. the religion thing we talked about earlier. You had a Windows phone before, didn't you? Yeah, I, this really is off-topic. <laughs> yeah, it I had is. a Windows phone. It was, uh, Did you, you know like what? it? You know, this is, this will be our really Black Friday bad. Cyber Monday special right here. Here it, we go. It really wasn't. It really wasn't that bad. I mean, it was like I remember it you worked had... as well as the iPhone. I mean, it didn't have as many features or the game. And, you know, like when I had it, it was back. Was it in, yellow? Was it yellow I don't or think blue? It was yellow. I think it was. Was it blue? I don't think it was blue either. I think it was blue. Oh, I think maybe you're thinking of like. Because it had the Case? tiles on it and every I did blue yeah. because I like blue so much. Something and, like that. Uh, it was okay, you know, but it didn't have yeah. the games, which was like so <laughs> important to my middle school, high school. You are the I was only like, the games. person I knew in middle or high school to have a Windows phone and a Apple iPad. Courtesy of uh, of uh, Jeff Dula. Shout out and, to Jeff well, Dula, my dad. Yes. But, McKay, do you remember your favorite game to play? Well, I say your favorite game. It probably wasn't. But do you remember playing this one game all the time, every time I would come over? Hmm. A pack of revolution. <laughs> Man, I think that was the game where it was just ridiculous animations where, like, you're just tapping, you're just clicking these little alpacas, and, and, you, and eventually, like, they would morph together and make a an even stranger alpaca and then it's just like a ball of alpacas it was until crazy. yeah until it was just like you like i didn't you couldn't beat the game right it's one of those games where you just keep clicking and playing and playing and playing and it's like they i, I just wouldn't it was so weird because i, I wasn't sure stop playing the alpaca whatever like stop like what's the final evolution of it because at the first point it was like an alpaca with a couple of eyes and a, and, and a leg or something <laughs> like coming out of his butt and then it's like oh man now it's like six alpacas together and a halo around its head and it's like an angel alpaca it's just like oh that's hilarious i love that we're even talking about this right now but anyway guys i think we'll move on mckay is there anything you want to say real quick before we go uh thank you that so was a really listening. funny sidebar conversation that was a real yeah i i have people should just skip to the end and evolution listen. in like and seriously, it's been years. So thank you for reminding me of that. I'm going to be Googling that. <laughs> Nate Laughlin, so the, the, the historical scribe for the friends. The nostalgic has. historical scribe. <laughs> the N in my name stands for nostalgia. 
Yeah, that's pretty funny. Well, actually, guys, I got a couple more things I want to mention real quick before we go. So we're going to be uh, recording episodes six and seven here in the next couple days. And seven, I think, will be next weekend. We got we're going to have a special guest for that episode. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of giving a two week or one week out uh, notice. And then tomorrow, I think we were going to schedule, we were going to record episode six. Is that right? Yeah, I think our next episode is on. Time management, time, which yes, is not nearly time. as exciting as religion, but I think it is almost as important, if not equally important. I mean, you've only got so much time on Earth. You better learn how to manage it. <laughs> exactly. So it's really exciting stuff, guys. Actually, sorry, did I say five? I meant to say this is episode four. Sorry. This is episode four. My God, and we're going to be recording episode five. Sorry I get my numbers confused. Don't listen to me, folks. Are you second news. lieutenant or are you first lieutenant? Those are two uh, very hey, important get, numbers. That's the, I just ran into that joke. I just ran into that joke, didn't <laughs> I? I'm actually a third lieutenant. Third, third lieutenant. I hope that's not I got a demoted. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> that's kind of funny. And there I said just kidding again. But yeah, we're going to be um, launching our website again. Here's, be quiet. You're we're getting be launching demoted with, now. Yep, yep. Send it. We're going to be recording our next couple episodes. we got to get our website launched here shortly, guys. I know we've mentioned it before. We're going to get it sent out. We'd love to have you guys check it out. We're going to be writing articles and blogs and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be really good to kind of catch us, catch up with us, catch us, catch up with us. Don't ever <laughs> ask me to say that sentence again. That's catch okay. up with us later or whenever on there because we would just maybe spiel about and not yes. my ideas but we would spiel about just random stuff ableandabroad.com 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 dot org and dot gov no, I'm just kidding dot gov in Germany I've be... got one more thing that I want to mention I can't believe I sure. thought of this earlier uh, we have also uh, teamed up uh, my interest of course is Nate as well you know we, we love history we love politics We've teamed up with our great friends, uh, Nate Draken and Parker Ballner, our high school friends as well. And they've got a podcast, really awesome, Draw the Line, fantastic. Uh, and they've got a blog site called The Weekly Z, weeklyz.com. They talk about culture, politics, I mean, you name it. Uh, really great stuff on there. And we will be writing a few articles as well. So keep an eye out for Weekly Z. They've got some great blogs, uh, some, some great entries up on there already so i encourage if you want to hear to people with opinions i think that's the, the key right people <laughs> with opinions on things you go to the weekly z and they're yes. really good people and if you, if want you to just want to, to hear garbage. about facts and history and talking about stuff going on so you listens to us as you know <laughs> so we kind of go from there what do you think did, did yeah, i spell I that right great. i think it's great yeah. i'm like your anger translator actually by anger translator i mean i get angry with how you say things so i just translate for you just kidding. Just kidding. There I go. Just kidding again. Dang it. Man, you really, I mean, you had the one freebie and then you just threw it away with like three or four more. Just kidding. Yeah. I, I, it's like four or five demotions right now. I'm probably like a seventh Lieutenant now. Seventh, eighth. I don't know. Man, you're competing with the first sergeants now. You're really competing with the first sergeants. (laughs) That's funny. But anyway, guys, uh, we'll catch you all later in our next episode of able and abroad. I'm Nate. And I'm McKay. And we'll catch you in the next episode.